military couples have tons of extra stress on their marriages. So how do they keep their relationships healthy and thriving? Our guests today, Tommy and Jackie Watson, share their story and how they help military couples thrive during deployment and when they come back together, and how any couple can make the choice to love each other. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins right now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 71, and we are your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. Every week, we bring you interviews designed to inspire you to build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Yeah, we believe that when couples grow together, they grow together. So we talk with incredible experts about every important area of life, from health and fitness to finances, parenting, sex, career, and spiritual growth. And, and a whole lot more. I uh, know. And sprinkled in, we get to connect with amazing couples who share their stories of overcoming ordinary to build a legendary marriage. This week, Tommy Watson, who's a military chaplain, mm-hmm. and his wife, Jackie, are here sharing about how they navigate deployment and reintegration as a military couple and what they've learned about helping other military couples navigate that crazy kind of stress. I know. Um, remember when we just lived apart for like seven months? Oh, yeah. Um, when we first moved to Texas, it was, uh, I moved here for work and Danielle was already teaching. Yeah. And didn't want to leave the, the school in the middle of the school year. And this was before like FaceTime. Oh, yeah. And I don't know if Skype existed no, back then. No, we didn't have Skype. It was one of those things where... Um, I don't think we really had a plan on how to communicate. Um, we Yeah, we just had phone calls and that was about it. And I'm not sure we did it so well. I feel like we did it out of obligation uh, or... Uh, see, I have the complete opposite memory. Do you? I feel like that time was was so important. It was so transformational in a lot of ways because we like learned how that we only had certain windows of time to talk because of schedules and everything else and we had to make it count. Um, so I, I guess I was alone in that. <laughs> Maybe it was another another time I was separate from my wife. Maybe it was my, my first wife. I, I think it was a really long time ago and I'm having trouble remembering it, honey. Mm. Can you well, give, I'm glad it was such a memorable experience. Can you give me a pass on that? I, I give you a pass on anything, babe. But I love how Tommy and Jackie in the show today, they talk about when he was deployed, how their marriage grew exponentially because they were so purposeful and intentional about the very short conversations that they had. Um, I wish we would have had that (laughs) back then. I think we needed... You wish we had shorter conversations? I wish I had known to be a bit more intentional about the short time that we had. Right. I feel like I'm digging a hole here. (laughs) I think you are. Can you help me out? I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yes, I get it. I get it. I wish, I wish, you know, it was, it was, it was a horrible experience and it was a great experience all at the same time. 
I love it. And I feel like Tammy and Jackie will kind of give the same thing about being apart. Yeah. Um, I, it, it's not the same thing. Like, we did not go through the same thing as a deployment. No. Right? It's completely no. different. And as we were talking with them, I was kind of reliving our, our own... Separation. Living separately. Yeah. I know. I know. It's um, kind of weird. And it came at a time that was really challenging for us. Like in our relationship, it was really challenging, and the it was a separation, not in the like we're fighting and we're having yeah a we separation, got separated yeah but it it essentially served the same kind of purpose as a healthy separation yeah, and I love how this show we talk about how that can actually help you to grow your marriage and it can get even better. So um, without any more delay, let's get to our interview with Tommy and Jackie Watson. So we are joined on the podcast today by Jackie and Tommy Watson, and they are just leaders and champions of relationships, whether you're dating, married, just hanging out, and they are really believers in the healing and restoring relationships among couples so they can achieve their dreams and raise families that inspire the world and so cool. They specialize in working with military couples and military families. And they're going to awesome. share all about um, the camp that they uh, really just invite veterans and active military families to. And they just minister to those couples. Can't wait to hear all about it. You guys, thanks for being on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having Great to us. be here. Okay. So how did y'all meet? Were you both in the military? Oh, no. Uh, I met Jackie uh, through a mutual pastor friend in the area. I was serving as a, as kind of a youth group leader, and he was pastor of a church a few miles down the road, and I was friends with his sons. So that was um, 22 years ago, 23 the years old, ago. The old friend of a friend thing. You, you got to feel like it's a good recommendation when the pastor recommends. Actually, that would make me more skeptical. Like, <laughs> oh, you... Really? You're going to? Okay. They didn't really want me to hook up with her. They just wanted me to take her out and get her out of the house for a while. <laughs> oh, a marriage. that is hilarious. Okay. So how long have you been in the military, oh, Tommy? I've been in the military a total of 16 years, six years enlisted. And I've been 10 years as an officer in the North Carolina Army National Guard. I'm a chaplain. Wow. Now, Jackie, how did you get kind of indoctrinated into the whole military lifestyle? He made me do it, actually. <laughs> Was he in the military when y'all met? No, he wasn't. And we were actually living in Las Vegas, planting a church when he came to me and said, I feel like God's calling me into the military. And I said, I feel like you heard God wrong. Because I did not <laughs> to be single. So, yeah, no. And then we kind of dismissed it for a little while, came back, um, and it just kept coming back and coming back. And so I knew God did finally confirm. I was open enough to pray about it, at least. Then he did confirm, yes, we're supposed to go this route. So here we are. <laughs> wow, Jackie, I give you props for giving that some real prayer yeah. time. That would have been one of my like super quick prayers, like before, like as my eyes are falling asleep. Oh yeah, should he be in the military? Oh, okay, I'm falling asleep. No, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It took was, a good year before I was even on board to pray about it. Mm. Now, Tommy, what was it about the military that just kept weighing back to your heart? 
So I had served in the military. Uh, my senior year in high school, I joined the, the National Guard, and I served six years. It got me through college, and then uh, I got out. Wasn't planning on going back, but I did miss the camaraderie, you know, my military bearing and those uh, friends and things that go with that. I call it subculture. Several years later, after I'd been to seminary, we had planted a church. I ran into an old buddy of mine. Back actually in 1985, we joined the Guard a couple months apart, and uh, he was commanding uh, a unit near Fayetteville, North Carolina. And when we ran into each other in Charlotte, he found out I'd been a seminary, and he's like, "Oh, you need to come back in. I need a chaplain." Uh, so that really kickstarted. That was 2007. Fall of 2007, by spring of 2008, I was um, direct commissioned. What had you to really have a heart for building into military couples and families? So, uh, you know, having served and then um, initially and then having that separation, the 9-11 happening, I felt like there was something that I had to give. And uh, really, it, it wasn't like God was saying, I want you to go. It was like, I prepared you to go. You've been there. You know the language. You know the formalities. You've got the training. You've got all the education. What are you waiting on? Mm-hmm. So um, it was basically just me trying to do with, away with my desires and wanting to start a big church and understanding that God had other plans for us to go serve and uh, help military families. Now, Jackie, wow. what got you into wanting to help, help couples that are in the military? It was actually through Eagle Rock Camp. Um, Yeah, tell us a little bit about Eagle Rock Camp. Yeah, so Eagle Rock is a retreat. It's a week-long retreat for families that have been involved in the military to come and kind of remember what it's like to be a family, Um, come back together. So we do... We do classes with the parents, with the adults, with the couples. Mm -hmm. At the same time that Tommy and I are doing classes with the couples, we have classes going on for the children. And it's just really just to reintegrate the family together and also to teach them how to have fun again. We have um, all kinds of fun family activities going on in the afternoons, ropes courses, boating, swimming. It's a lot of fun. And it's a great, a great, great week where we see. My gosh, I want to come. Come on, come on. <laughs> or we see families on the brink of a breakup in the beginning. And at the yeah. end, it is, hey, we have hope. We have hope again. And it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So it was through Eagle Rock. Um, we actually just went to, to volunteer one week. And I knew the struggles Tommy and I have had in our marriage. And the military emphasized those struggles, seeing that, hey, we're not alone. There are other families out there, um, military families especially. And that just, opened up my heart to be like, you know what, we can do this. We can help these families. Let's serve. And, and that's kind of what got me passionate about, about serving military families. Yeah. You know, I I think everybody thinks or assumes that there are some really unique challenges to being a military couple, but unless you have actually done that, we like, we don't, we don't know what it really is. So what, what are some of those, the unique places that show up in a marriage when you're in the military? So it's really some of the same pain points that any couple would have. But specifically, it's um, it's the op-tempo with type and length of training that you have in the military. It's the deployment issue. It's finances, kids and getting them 
you know, in and out of schools, especially those who move around a lot. We're fortunate in that I'm in the guard, so we um, we don't move around. Um, I'm a civilian 28 days of the month, but um, it's still somewhat uh, difficult, especially when I'd say half of the uh, my military buddies have been deployed three or four times in the last 20 years. So every time you get deployed and come back home, that takes about three years of your life. And then that integration period, by the time you're back to quote normal um, or a new normal, it starts all over again. Yeah, I was just saying new normal because the spouse that's deployed comes back different. Of Mm -hmm. course, the spouse and the children at home are different because we are now an independent family that we, I mean, we would communicate with each other, of course, but most decisions, everything is now on the spouse at home. And so coming back from deployment and learning again how to live together and the kids learning how to take discipline from the spouse that had been gone for 14, 15 months, it's, it's quite an adjustment. And then a lot of times the spouse will come home with you know, PTSD or TBI and just learning how to work through those things as well is adds a new challenge to to marriage. Yeah. You speak to that reintegrating together, like, Hey, I've been, I've been running things and now you're back. How do we get back aligned and leading shoulder to shoulder instead of going at each other? Yeah. What does that process usually look like for most couples? Like assuming they don't, they haven't gone to your training at Eagle Rock camp. Like what is, what do most couples do when they try to reintegrate? So can you say hell on earth? (laughs) (laughs) You have to believe it. Yeah. You really do. So the problem is they don't do anything. Right. Unless they, now in the military, we do have some structured environments and training programs like strong bonds programs, but um, they only go so far. And the uniqueness we've had with Eagle Rock and the response that we've had from our uh, military families, veteran families, is that this goes a lot deeper and a lot further than what the military you know, has given us. So um, we're just proud to be a part of that and that we do have the opportunity to go deeper spiritually, um, emotionally, even we have this kind of a continuity program where these families can contact us and the other um, volunteers at Eagle Rock after, you know, months and years after, and we still help them connect to providers, maybe for counseling or depression, addiction issues and things like that. So we think it's a pretty unique program. Yeah, it, it sounds like you're saying there are some resources from the government as far as the family type of thing, but it's just like tip of the iceberg kind of thing. So you're just helping even more and even more and giving it that fullness. Yeah, and I can't imagine if your home life is that stressed out and, and you're out of that kind of balance, how does that even affect you? when you're thousands of miles away on deployment in a dangerous circumstance? Yeah, so the way I like to um, relate to it is that you're the same person deployed but amplified. So if if you're having issues at home with your spouse, if you're abusive, that continues even when you're deployed. It's just amplified because of the distance and the other constraints that go along with being uh, detached from each other. Most times what you'll see in that type of situation 
is the spouse back home will end up leaving during that one year or more period that they're gone because they've got easy opportunity to do that and create distance. When soldiers are deployed, what I'm finding is like for us, it was time for us to work on our marriage. We were able to communicate more effectively and in a positive manner, separated from one another. In fact, we probably talked more frequently while I was deployed than when I was at home because number one, he didn't know if we were going to see each other again. Or number two, the method of communication was short. And so we better have an effective, positive, you know, conversation while I'm on the line with her. Mm -hmm. So our marriage grew and I've watched other military marriages grow, but I also saw a lot that were destroyed during a deployment because of immaturity, uh, bad decisions, or they were just doomed. I hate to say it that way, but they were doomed to start with before the deployment. Deployment just gave them the opportunity to split up. Well, and it goes with one of the things that we teach is intentionality. And I Yeah, tell us a little bit about what you teach. I know you teach at the Eagle Rock camp and you use some of the Gottman Institute curriculum. Um, but I know you only have time to share a few of those things today. But can you share some of those teachings that you have um, for your couples? You know, you talk about making the choice. Like I, I hear that even when you're talking about your phone calls. Um, so what are the, some of those things that you teach about making your marriage work? Right. And the, the really cool thing about what we teach is even though our focus is on military families, this this teaching is across the board. I mean, it is amazing, amazing teaching. And it's not just geared towards military families. That is just our target audience right now. Um, so intentionality, um, one of the biggest ahas out of the training is being intentional about showing appreciation, fondness, and admiration to your spouse. So we have a choice. We have a choice in how we're going to think about our spouse even. We have a choice in how we're going to respond, how we're going to react. So by being intentional and choosing to think on things positive about our spouse, it is going to create a deep friendship. And of course, Gottman is all about in order to have a successful marriage, you have to have a strong, solid friendship. So I'm going to be intentional about thinking on the positive things um, about Tommy and then taking it a step further and trying to show appreciation daily. So, hey, thanks so much for doing the dishes this morning. Even though I feel like, you know what, he lives in this house and he needs to do the dishes anyway. He needs to do them. But just by saying, I really appreciate you doing the dishes today. Thank you. That's going to build that friendship. And it's just making a choice to be positive and thinking on the positives instead of the negatives. Is it real challenging if you have a spouse that's deployed sometimes to think in the positive, especially if you know that they're in a real dangerous kind of an area and maybe fears kind of creeping in and you're just very anxious? How do you choose to be positive in that kind of a situation? A lot of prayer. (laughs) It really is a lot of prayer. Um, And once again, it goes back to when we are able to communicate and praise God for Skype. When Tommy was deployed, we were actually able to do face-to-face communication. And like Tommy said earlier, being intentional about discussing the fears that we're feeling, um, the anxiety that we're having, being open to share those things. 
you know, going ahead and sharing, hey, I got a, you know, we would send care packages or the kids got a postcard in the mail. Thank you so much for doing that. You know, continuing to appreciate each other and encourage each other, even though we are so, so, so distant at the same time. Tommy, were there times when you felt like I can't share my fears with her right now? Like, it's just too much. It's too big. Yeah, absolutely. And there were situations that I didn't share with her at all. It's just not appropriate. And there's some things, uh, you know, that happen in a deployed environment that probably need to stay there. However, uh, one commitment we did make is when I could, I would let her know that I was safe. For example, from time to time, we would have blackouts. And during a blackout, there's no communication at all outside of where you are. So I think the longest one was two to three Three days, days, three days. Mm -hmm. Um, And usually that means that somebody has been killed. So they do a blackout to protect the families. They don't want information getting ahead of the proper chain. So, um, and those are tough because, you know, I know she hasn't heard from me and I know she's probably anxious but there's no way that I can comfort her. But I can set that up in advance by having the kind of um, rapport with her, the kind of communication with her in a positive manner um, so that she doesn't worry as much. So if I believe that when people feel worry and anxiety in us, they, they experience it themselves. So I tried to be as calm, cool, and collect as I could. Of course, we had a really great deployment uh it wasn't bad at all but um those are some of the things that we would do what you got to remember is especially for military members the mission comes first even though we have families you know i'm I'm a guy i'm all about family first but when you're in a deployed environment like that it's mission first because you want to come back home so lots of times we're so busy in training and doing what you know we do best that, you know, we might forget to make that phone call or forget to send that email. Yeah. And that is hard. That's hard. But, you know, the first couple of months, you kind of work through that, especially if it's a first deployment, you work through it and then you figure out, okay, there are going to be times where he said, we're going to have a conversation at this time and it didn't happen. I'm not going to freak out. I'm just going to breathe. Breathing is important. (laughs) I'm going to pray. And then whenever he can touch base with me, he will. So communicating with each other. Now, I'm just wondering for your family too, for your kids, like, so you're talking about the first way you choose to make your marriage work. You stay positive. You admire each other. You build each other up. Um, How does that work for the kids when, you know, there's a blackout or, you know, something like that? How did you get them to stay positive? Well, they were actually so young. I didn't let them know there was a blackout. They were six and nine. So they knew that we would talk to daddy every other day, every three days. And so when I didn't hear from him, I wouldn't let them know, oh my goodness, I haven't heard from your dad. I hope everything's okay. Because they were too young to be able to understand that. Mm-hmm. They would just say, oh, we're not talking to dad today. I was like, no, we're not talking to dad today. I'll let you know when we talk to him. Now, if they were older, they might be a little bit more aware of, hey, we were supposed to have a conversation today. And I think it just goes back to making sure you have that open communication. Kids are not stupid. They know, hey, my dad is over fighting a war. He could not come home. Does it ever get any better? Does, does that, that waiting and not knowing... Does it ever really get any more bearable? 
just when you have that phone call, yeah. when, you get, when you finally get that email that says, I'm okay, can we talk at seven o'clock your time tonight? Um, but the waiting, no, never, never. Yeah. So my thoughts are Jackie was probably actually busier than I was back here taking care of the family, schooling the kids and running a business. So I know for our relationship, being away was um, difficult, but it was not impossible. We'll get back to our conversation with Tommy and Jackie Watson in just a moment. But first, we want to talk to you about community. Community is so essential to our marriages. Not only community with other couples, but men with their men folk and women with their women folk. Um, and couples really come together. Why? To support, encourage, and call one another forth. We just learn so much from each other. So join our community on Facebook where we're always talking about the topics from the podcast and so much more. So join our tribe of couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. You can find us at legendarymarriage.com slash community. And now back to part two of our conversation with Tommy and Jackie Watson. What I believe is important and what helps safeguard our kids, say for my next deployment, is when we create shared meaning with one another. Creating shared meaning means um, building uh, roles, determining values uh, for our family, and and having goals out there that we're going to meet. Let me give you an example. You know, each year we do a couple of family vacations. You know, one might be something like Disney, and the other one might be just like a weekend away. But we make sure that we we're intentional about it. We let the kids know, hey, this is for us to grow as a family. And this creates kind of a mile marker for, for our relationship and our marriage and our, and our kids, something they can look back on and say, oh, we had a great time doing that. So I believe when couples build that into their family life, creating that shared meaning, it gives us um, those mile markers to hold on to. It gives us emotional points to go back to and think, okay, things are great or things are going good with our family. So in my absence, whether it's a few days of not hearing from me or me being gone for 14 months, they can look back on the, the shared meaning that we created. One big thing I did was on my R&R, my two weeks when I went back home, we spent that going to Disney World. And so, I mean, I was tired and it was, you know, walking around Disney. It's fun, but it's... Yeah, it's hard too. Uh, so, and I knew I was going to have to get back on a plane and and travel twenty five hours five hours again. But I knew that's what we needed to do to bond. Yeah, I, I think about the Disney thing. We started talking about that. Our kids are just getting old enough for that kind of adventure, and I'm like, that we wouldn't have to drag them around the whole time. Yeah, I'm like, we got to start training for this. You know, we got to run a couple half marathons or something to be able to make the most of that. Good grief! I can't imagine you know traveling on cargo planes and everything else for a day and a half to do it and then jump on and go back. Exactly. Oh and my gosh. Really, really good jogger stroller. Yes. Six, seven years old. It doesn't matter. Throw them in a jogger stroller and you can go. <laughs> yeah. Jackie's got it down. You might want to get with her off. Right. She's got the whole thing down. <laughs> All right. All right. Yes. Good to know. We need to do an episode on how to do Disney as a family. Oh yeah. my gosh. Just an episode about how to do family vacations without oh. killing each other. 
Um, and, and creating those wonderful mile markers. I love what you're saying about that too. Cause yeah. how many times do you look back on your childhood and you don't remember like the day-to-day stuff, but you remember those big fun memories. So I think that is really important. All right. So number three, so first of all, we've got, um, that positivity, that fondness and admiration, and then we've got create shared meaning. And the third one is the My magic favorite. six. Not the magic sex. Well, maybe that's part of it. All right. Tell us about the magic six. What's that about? This is actually my favorite. And we call it the magic six for two reasons. Number one, there are six steps, but also it only takes about six hours a week to do this. And I think this is probably the most important six steps you can do for your relationship. And let me say, let me jump in before she starts. It's built that way that if you spend these six hours a week with your spouse, you're doing more positive thoughts and feelings in your relationship than 99% of married couples. Yes. So six things. So here we go. Okay. The first thing is to create how you're going to part from one another each day. This sounds stupid, but It really will build your relationship for the rest of that day, for the rest of that week, month, year, and so on. So you need to decide as a couple, how are we going to leave each other each day? Are you just going to run out the door and there's no goodbye? There's no, I love you, no nothing. Or are we going to say, you know what? You're not going to leave this house until you give me a kiss and tell me you love me. Just whatever it is for that couple, you just need to decide. And the same with your kids too, to take it a step further. Decide how do you want them to leave the house? Um, So that's the very first thing. And this takes what? Just a few seconds a day, right? To say, okay, we're going to make sure we tell each other we love each other. We're going to kiss each other um, before we leave. Then the second thing is how are we going to reunite? So when you come in the door, am I going to come rushing down the stairs and greet you at the door with a big old hug and kiss? Okay, yeah, that's not really realistic, but it might be that's what maybe that's what you need for your you know, for your relationship. So do the same thing with how you come home as well. And this could be every single time you walk in the door, it could be, oh no, we're just going to do morning and night. Figure out what's going to be best for your, for your family. The third one we've touched on already is um, admiration and appreciation. You have to show each other um, that you admire each other and that you appreciate, appreciate each other in order to build that strong friendship Then the fourth one is actually my favorite because it's affection. This is the touch, the holding, the kissing. If we wanted to name this the magic sex, it's the sex, but it is the actual touch. Okay. So Gottman, every day we're supposed to touch each other. Whoa. Mr. Gottman said. Oh, oh, the sex every day. Well, we'll talk about that later. Okay. He's like, I will play this recording every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. See what you said? So there is the six minute. No, holy guacamole. That would be ridiculous. Wait a minute. The six minute sex. Is that what you're talking about? Six minutes. Jeez. All right. I guess we can do six minutes. Okay. Six minutes. Oh my goodness. No, the six second kiss. Okay. 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 That makes a little more sense. Okay. That makes a little more sense. So you should have a kiss for at least six seconds a day. So Gottman has done all these studies and there's all this research and everything, and it actually increases hormones. Okay. So it releases oxytocin, 
which oxytocin is what is released um, with a breastfeeding mom. And that's what creates connectivity. Um, and it just bonds the mother child together during that time. So kissing for six seconds or longer. So that works with your spouse too. It's building connection. All right. Like it. Um, it releases dopamine, which dopamine is what triggers the same part of your brain that is stimulated by cocaine. So it increases your heartbeat and it sends oxygenated blood to the brain. So that is very good for you as well. And it reduces cortisol, which that's our stress hormone. And how many of us need to reduce some stress up in here? All of us. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Hello. So that's so say we all. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if doctors would just prescribe kissing, there would be no more blood pressure medication, no more heart attacks. And it's only six seconds. And it's six seconds. Exactly. But it might lead to the six minute sex. So that might be like six minutes and six seconds. <laughs> exactly. 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 Somehow, somehow, I think we can find the time, honey. All right, let's do it. Six minutes know. and six seconds a day. I think yeah. I'm willing to make the sacrifice. Oh, I, I mean, okay. I don't know. Uh, I'm not committing to anything, but I think I'm willing to make that sacrifice. We'll put a plan together. We'll put a plan together. There you go. Put it on the calendar. And you know, you could even include that six second kiss with number one or number two, you know, with the the party. Yeah, with the goodbye or the, yeah. Yeah. And then that way you're knocking out two things that, you know, in one. Just knock it out. Danielle likes efficiency. I am all about being efficient. (laughs) Yes, me too. Me too. Okay, and then number five is date night. You have to you have to invest in your relationship if you want a successful marriage. And we have heard every excuse in the book. We have given every excuse in the book. Sure. But if it's important, you're going to make it happen. So figure out what to do with your children. Find there's some little old lady who misses her grandkids and wants to watch her kids for free. Mm-hmm. Right. So just make it happen. We do date night once a week. What do you do? Because this is the other thing that I hear so much of. It's, well, we do date night, but it doesn't really matter. And, and what people are doing is go to a movie, go out to eat. They're, they're, there's nothing significant happening there. So what do you, what do, you do? What, do you, what makes a great date night? So, so what I say is we are doing something significant because we're actually together right. physically. Yeah, right. yeah. Emotionally and mentally. But we're creating that shared meaning with each other. Um, and it becomes a ritual that even though, like, when if she's out of town, like yesterday, the whole day I was thinking, this is date night. Oh, wait a minute. She's gone, though. Oh, but, but you see what I mean? So it makes me remember. Yeah. You know, we think date night. Why do we do that? You know, internally. Oh, it's because we committed to do that because we love each other and we want to stay married. So... <laughs> For me, that process goes a lot deeper. But yeah, we do struggle sometimes with, you know, what are we doing? We've done everything now. What what can we do different? However, I'll tell you that I have, um, I actually have a magnet and it has 50 different things you can do on date night. You can put it on your refrigerator. And if you are struggling with what to do that night, just go to the refrigerator, close your eyes and put your finger on that magnet and, and open them and say, oh, we'll do this. And it doesn't always have to cost, you know, it can be a picnic. It can be, you know what, the kids are going away and we're just going to sit on the couch 
and veg out for a little while. Yeah. Unwind. So it doesn't have to be, oh my goodness, every week I've got to have this intense conversation on date night with my spouse. Sometimes you need to go to a movie and just sit and hold hands and be together. Sometimes you need to go and sit at your kitchen table and have a discussion, you know? Um, So it doesn't have to be anything spectacular. It's just the fact of creating the routine of being together, spending time with one another, talking about your relationship and knowing, you know what, this marriage is important and my kids need to see that our marriage is important. And so we need to commit to doing this on a weekly basis. I love what you're saying about like, just kind of tuning in to what kind of date night you need. Cause Mm -hmm. sometimes you're like, I need to just relax and just snuggle on the couch. Or sometimes we need to have a conversation or sometimes we need to get up off our butts and go for a hike or whatever it is. It's like, just tune into what is needed here and go do that. Absolutely. Or wanted, maybe. Wanted may be a better word. Right, right. And like last night, we all, Wednesday night is always our date night. However, one of the rituals, one of the um, shared meanings that we do in our family is I take our boys skiing every year. It's always on a Wednesday that I go because that's the least expensive day to go. So I took the boys skiing. Tommy took our date night and took our daughter out on a date instead. So you can recreate, you know, and encourage, you know, let the children know, okay, this is important to us. And it's so important that we're going to demonstrate it with you guys as well. We're going to spend time with you guys also. Yes. Number six is that conversation about your relationship. So we call it the state of the union meeting. I love it. It is just like an update of, hey, this is how we're doing on our relationship. You know what? We missed our date night. So what are we going to do differently this week? Um, Just checking in with each other to make sure that our relationship is going in the direction that we both want it to go in. Excellent. That is the magic six. I love it. And you know what? If for our listeners, if you did not get a chance to put all those down, we will include all of those in the show notes so that you can um, tune in to all those magic sixes. Absolutely. So that state of the union, is that, is that a business meeting, so to speak? Like, do we talk about bills and chores and things like that? Is it more than that? It's really more about your relationship. It can be about bills. You can make it what you want it. But you need to touch base about your relationship too. Like you need to say, hey, this week I'm stressed out and I need us to just sit down. And this is what I need from you to help me recover from the week that I've had. Um, So it's really more about your relationship. But you can absolutely say, you know what, we need five or 10 minutes to talk about bills or to talk about what happened with the kids this week or, or those kinds of things. Cause you try not to talk about those things on your date night. And, and just to be honest, Justin, if, when I come home at the end of the day and she's here, I don't really have to ask her what's on your mind or what do we need to talk about? If I just stand there and be available and listen, she's going to tell me. Sure. That could be our state of the union or whatever you want to call it. This basically just having a pulse on each other and giving each other that freedom to uh, communicate, speak, and share their feelings. If you're like Justin, you have to make your spouse tell the Be end of the story. Be careful here. 
before you start at the beginning of the story. He's like, wait, how does this end first? I, I just got to know and then go tell me the whole because story. Because Danielle will be, I walk in the door and she'll be like, oh my gosh, you'll never believe what happened today. And my <laughs> thought is, okay, is the house okay? Is the car okay? Is every human being intact? Like, right. Was there bloodshed, broken bones? Like what? Like, no, there was just drama with okay. the instructor at the gym. So it started <laughs> with, and it's like, what you had for breakfast, how long it took to chew the vitamin that morning. And, and I'm like, where are we going? What is going on here? So give me the, give me the, tell me what you're going to tell me, tell me, and then tell me what you told me. Thank you, honey. That's super sexy. That's I like super that. sexy. I think it's sexy as heck. <laughs> I like wow. it. It's time to go pop a bag of popcorn. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I want to know, do I get to settle in? Is this going to be a great story? Instead of being worried in my head about it, like... That, I, this is a one chip and dip story. That's all. It's a what? One chip and dip story. That's one, all you get. One chip yeah. and dip. The, the abridged version. Okay, so all, in wrapping up, the, first of all, love all those amazing teachings. Yes. And um, we'll include links for the Gottman Institute too, because we've mentioned them a couple of times. So wonderful that y'all are doing Thank you. ministry with military couples. Just love, love, love that. And is there any way that our listeners can support military couples in any way if they're not necessarily connected? Yeah, what I would say is look for opportunities to volunteer at some of the nonprofit organizations in your area. And if you're not sure which one, you can always go to eaglerockcamp.org. But if you can't volunteer, we also take financial support because our veterans, our families that come to Eagle Rock come free of charge. So we, um, we are asking for donations because we don't want it to be a burden for them to come. We want them to be able to, we don't want the financials to be the reason they don't come. And that's a great way to support military families. And we will include those links in the show notes for um, Eagle Rock Camp and some of the other links yeah. we talked about. And also, Tommy and Jackie are offering to our listeners a relational checkup assessment. Whether you're dating or engaged or married, there's a special deal on it being a legendary marriage listener. So we will include a link to that also. This is um, a really, really phenomenal resource. I'm familiar with it and they do an amazing job. Yeah. It's a great and you, opportunity. And you guys, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks. We enjoyed it. Thank you so much. You know, I think about how Tommy and Jackie, you talked about the Magic Six, and I, I envy the couples who have the cute little patterns and like rhythms and, and the things that they do all with, the time. Yeah. Where they leave the house. And like your parents have, have one of those where they do something every time they part ways. Yes. And it's, it's cute and it's, it's just a little thing. It's but, a connection But we don't really point. do. Yeah. We don't really have a whole lot of that. Which Other than like, we try to say, good morning. I love you in the morning rather than somebody do something. Get the kids. They're Turn screaming. off your alarm. <laughs> you set your alarm too early and then you don't get up when it goes off. All right. Do you want to open up a can of worms here or do you want to wrap up this episode? <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> no, but I wish you Be careful you did. what you wish for, woman. No, we do need to have 
Um, we do need to enact some of those magic six things. Yeah. I think for us, the coming and going routine, I think we need to work on that. Um, okay. I would like to work on that. And one of the other ones they bring up is the six second kiss every day. It's, it's just, it's so much work. Like for six we, seconds. No, no. We come and go so much. Like if we actually stopped and said, goodbye, I love you. Have a nice day. And like did all of that stuff every time. It'd be like 400 times a day. <laughs> well, we don't have to do all that. All right. But here's the challenge this week for all of our couples. And apparently we need this challenge too. <laughs> um, I'm going to say the challenge this week is the oh. six second kiss every day this week. Do you have six seconds for me, honey? Oh, I don't know if I want to kiss you that long. I don't know if I want to kiss anybody that long. Allie tried to kiss me that long the other night, and it was kind of creepy. Okay, let's just stop it right there. Okay, <laughs> so here's the challenge this week. Six-second kiss. All right, we'll do it. All right, and as always, we are talking about the hot topics from the podcast and much, much more in our community on Facebook. So hit us up at legendarymarriage.com slash community. Yeah, next week we'll talk with a new friend, Ms. Jessica Rodriguez, about how entrepreneurship actually strengthened her marriage. Listen in here to a bit of our conversation with Jessica Rodriguez. And what that actually turned into was my very first business where somebody approached me saying, you know, you can make an income with what you're doing right now. You're sharing a product you can make a commission from. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, people make money online? Like for real? I didn't even know. And when I went to go start that, Joe was against it because for him, it was one, you're already stressed out working so much. So he saw it as me coming in with, she's going to add another thing to her plate. She's going to break. This is another don't miss episode. It's so much fun and it's inspiring about what's possible in a relationship when you really find ways to come together. You can find this episode and the show notes over at legendarymarriage.com slash 071. Finally, we want to help more couples have conversations that matter. So if you love the show, then please let us know. Jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review the show so that we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. <laughs>